All right, boys. I got a special guest today. Talking to Mark Kent. Hey guys, welcome back again to another Cut Light and Smoke podcast presented by Zeal Cigars. Zeal Cigars is the number one place to find your cigar needs on the interwebs. You can also email us at cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. It's cutlightsmokepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And we love getting your emails. Thank you so much for everyone who has emailed the show. And I'm very excited for my guest for two different reasons. One, I, I was interested because he reached out to us that he's going to be in town. And uh, prior to our conversation, you know, there's two reasons I have him on here. I really enjoyed our conversation on the phone. I enjoyed his website. I enjoyed his stories and everything else like that. Uh, he is a very, very accomplished author, screen screenwriter, you know, all that kind of stuff, and a failed cigar YouTuber. So we're going to be talking about that. It's going to be good because not many people make it in the, in the cigar YouTube arena. And uh, I don't know that I have at all, but I'm doing everything I can to try to make it there uh, because I have vested interest in my business getting out there. Again, go to zillcigars.com. Zillcigars.com, the number one place to find your cigars online. Uh, here's a little plug for you. So I'm excited to have Mark here. Uh, Mark Tarrant from uh, Tarrant, Tarrant County. So no. What is it now? Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Rio Rancho, New Mexico. So, so we're, we're going to get into all that kind of stuff, and I'm going to bring him on here in a second. Uh, just another uh, another couple things. Uh, one side, I really like my conversation with him. The other thing is, I'm running short on JBs around here. So if you see J- you see Justin anywhere, tell him to come back to work because we're missing him. And uh, uh, I'm running out of guests. So Mark was in town. And I thought it'd be a great time to sit together and uh, chat about stuff. And so we're going to be doing that right now. And I'm going to bring him on right now. And I'm going to ask Mark himself to say hello. What's going on, <clears> bud? Hey, man, thanks for having me. Uh, it was great coming out here. Uh-huh. And uh, I love everything about Zeal, man. Okay. I love, I love the shop, and I, and I love the Yeti tracker. We'll yeah, yeah the Yeti tracker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell them what we're smoking today. So you're smoking the... Marauder. The Caribbean Marauder. Yeah. You're smoking the Caribbean Marauder. It's the most Cuban one that we have, if you would. It's even more so Cuban than PDR's El Crito, <clears throat> which is the essentially... I call it the uncuban. It's the it's the cigar that undid Cubans for me. So I call it the uncuban. That cigar uh, is better than that one, in my opinion, and I'm very very excited about it. So I'm glad to be smoking with you today, and uh, I want to get to know you a little bit, and then talk yeah. about the story, and we'll talk about uh, everything that comes up, which is gonna be kind of exciting. Yeah. And There's no uh, rules. No I know, rules. right? No rules, unfiltered. <laughs> and uh, but our but our it's, it's interesting because our cigar podcast has kind of taken a, a broader approach than I ever have expected it to. I, I just thought we we're going to be talking about cigars and everything else. Like that. By the way, the cigar that I'm smoking today is my overall favorite blend from our house brands. And it is, of course, the Primordial Habano Box Press Toro. That's my overall. That's what I'm on right now. If you guys are like, what are you smoking, bro? That's what I'm smoking typically almost yeah. every day. So that's what you want to check out. And that's what you want to see. If you want to go to zealscars.com, go to Primordial Box Press Habano Toro. That's that's the jam. That's what you need to check it out. <laughs> nice, nice notes of caramel, nice notes of spice. Uh, it's the most unique Habano I've ever smoked um, I, I, in our house brands. I, there's some other unique ones out in Maine brands I've smoked as well. So, uh, But there's the plug for the Zeal House brands. And let's, uh, let's go on to you so tell me tell me so when did you start smoking cigars and then you you try to do kind of a youtube thing right yeah okay i, I started smoking cigars probably mid mid to late 90s okay and i was just smoking whatever i could get my hands on not really paying attention i didn't even understand i just knew what happened was i would go 
I'd order a box online. I'd smoke uh-huh. one a week, if that. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> I'd smoke with one of my buddies. Uh, we played uh, semi-pro ball for a while. Mm-hmm. And so uh, after practices, we'd hey, have you're stacked, one. You're a stacked fire plug, dude. I see it. I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was much, I was in much better shape 20 years ago. Well, weren't we uh, all? Yeah, we, yeah. You got a hurt back. I got a bum knee, and I'm yeah, just sitting there walking uh, around like two yeah. old ballers like, oh, yeah, gosh, exactly. we can't do anything about it, right? Yeah. So we, we – uh, and then like – we're watching Tom Brady in the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So when, when he'd win a Super Bowl, you know, we're smoking cigars out on the patio. Mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. though it's, you know, got snow outside. We're, we got our coats on, our hoodies yeah. on, and we're smoking outside. It's 20, 30 minutes. It's not bad. Yeah. Right? Or we take a break during halftime. Sure, sure. So uh, I started smoking then. Was that in Boston? Or was yeah, that up that in Yeah, that was in Massachusetts. That was in Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay, okay. Before yeah. I moved out to uh, Rio Rancho. Now, how long were you in Massachusetts? Oh, 30 years. 30 years. So, About as long as I was in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. I, I'm a New Englander. What do they call that? A mass hole. You're a mass hole? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've never call. heard that. That's okay. the term. The mass hole. Okay. Yeah, because what happens is people from mass, they move to other regions, you know? Right, right, right. Like, How come they act like that? It's yeah. Like, Pachacon, Havid Yad. Yeah, they Pachacon, yeah. Havid Yad all the time. <laughs> I like them apples. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it's really like that. Yeah, I know. Now, I've uh, been there. Where, where I'm from, I'm like an hour and a half... I was outside of Boston. Okay, okay. So it's like, you know how you have New York City? Yep. And everybody's like, oh, I'm from New York. And everybody yeah. goes, boom, oh, New York City? They're like, no, upstate. In yeah, a upstate, small yeah. town with 40,000 Yeah, people. like Jamestown, New York, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. it's kind of normal. Yeah, right, right, right. And yeah. uh, that's where we, we were in Western <laughs> Mass, and it was like we were closer to Connecticut than Boston. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. But we know all about the Boston accents because it's wicked cool to be from Boston. Yeah, I've been to Boston so. twice in... Uh, the first time I was up there, I was I was a little cultured shocked. The driving is horrible. Oh, that's it's the worst. The big dig. Yeah, it's the, the big dig was brutal. It's the worst driving I've ever been in any city, and I've been to a lot of cities here in America. You so, know what though? You know what's different between the the drivers in Mass and the drivers in New Mexico? What's that? The drivers in Mass they'll let you in. Oh, they will might they? flip yeah. you off. But oh, three or four times. Win. Yeah, yeah three or four times. Yeah, but they'll let you win. You put your blinker on. They'll go, "Hey, I let him in." He put his blanket on. Yeah, yeah. But in New Mexico. They they do not let you in. I've missed exits. I put my <laughs> blinker on. I'm like, guys, I got a mile. They're like right along. So they don't let me in. Oh, yeah. It happened the first like three months I was there. And it. I was like, wait a minute. You know, Massachusetts has got bad drivers, but at least they let me in. <laughs> These guys, they don't let you in in New Mexico. It's true. It they, really is true. I, I've, been, I've been to Boston, uh, like I said, a couple of times. Great food. Yes. Uh, the culture is really fun. Yep. Dunkin' Donuts are all over the place. Yes. Um, they rule They rule uh, Boston Mass. I mean, it's it was really good when I was up there. I got a chance to, to visit some really cool places, the Paul Revere Trail, that kind of stuff. Yes. I mean, that was yeah. really fun. Um, but my second time up there, I was on business, and I did not enjoy my time whatsoever because I had to drive to get to different places, and I wasn't yeah. on a pleasure cruise. Yep. And so as a result, I actually had to get someplace in – you know they, they would let you. So the guy here's here's how I would here's how I would describe it. And Phoenix is kind of crazy, but not nearly as crazy as like Boston. Yeah, I literally would try to get in, and the guy would flick me off, let me in, then keep flicking me off behind <laughs> me until I get out. And then when I and then when I turn yeah. turn turn <clears throat> some other place, he'd flick me off on the way out. So yeah, yeah. at least in yeah. Boston they're consistent. So yeah, I just say yeah, that you yeah. know for the uh, for the channel. So well, let's talk about you a little bit. So. Uh, you, you tried YouTube for a bit, but then you went into something really cool. So, like, YouTube's cool, and everybody tries YouTube. Yeah, the, they always the, do. Everyone, they, they, they got a passion. They're excited about it, which is great, and I like the community for that. Yeah. Uh, you tried doing YouTube. We have Best Cigar Reviews on YouTube. You've probably seen that before. Yes, sir. Uh, and so you wanted to do a cigar review, and, but you had some some issues that you were trying to get to. So tell me about those issues trying well, to do a cigar review. 
a lot of the cigar reviews I was doing, I, I noticed, uh, I don't know, I think, you know what the hardest part, the best part about doing a cigar review is being honest about you and the cigar. Right, right, That's, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, my first reviews, I was uh, nervous. I'd shake a lot, and I'm like holding the cigar, and I'm like, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I just also noticed that uh, I think you got to really feel comfortable to do the cigar review. Yeah. And I wasn't yeah. comfortable. I was outside in my patio, uh-huh. and I was switching stuff up on the table, and I was putting up signs and cigar boxes. I was sure. trying to make an, an environment to right. do it. Right, and right, I, right. I think until you get your environment right for your whether it's cigars or even a cooking, you know, but you got to have the right environment. You got to feel good about the environment. Absolutely. And I think I just, uh, I'd, I'd done, I don't know, six or seven of them. And, you know, a lot of my friends and family are like, no, that's pretty cool. But I didn't, I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think it, I think it was cause I wasn't, uh, like I wasn't in the zone. Okay. I think I was that's like fair. just nervous mm-hmm. to be like, well, who am I to say that I like this Camacho? Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the thing, guys, with cigars. If you like it, you like it. Exactly. Don't, don't let any exactly. of these people. Yeah. I, and, yes. that's, and that's a hard thing, too, because I was just I was talking to somebody who just uh, was asking me about my review on the CAO Vision 22 yeah. that I just did. Yep. And he goes, did you really like that cigar? And I said, I did. I did like the cigar, but because it's a first time smoke for me, I want to be incredibly fair. So I don't want to be like, wow, this is the most amazing thing ever. I want to be like, okay, this is where it's going on. Now, if I like a cigar, and I said this to him, I said, I like it for the first person to try it for the novelty. If you would, I think that's really cool. It's a a limited cigar and everything else like that. Uh, Do I think it'll stay at that $20 mark necessarily? Mm. I wouldn't say that. I I would say that it's probably worth it to experience it Mm -hmm. because I do think there are some great transitions. I do think it's a very complex cigar. The box is cool. Yeah, the box is incredible. (laughs) Um, But the guy guy was asking me, do you want to walk back into your comments? I'm like, no, I think think what I said was was completely – he wasn't trying to be rude. He was just like, is there anything – did you really, really like it? And I said, I did like it, but – it's it's hard when you're doing a cigar review and you're trying to be uh, completely fair because people people trust me and what I say about stuff. So yeah. if I'm lying, you're not going to trust me. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm trying to be very um, uh, meticulous on how I say things. And it, it, and you should see that video editing because for a ten minute shot, we're talking an hour long video yes. to where I'm sitting there's because I'm smoking it. I'm I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking, yeah. like, how do I want to say this? How do I want to say it in the sense of, like, you know, yeah. so I can appeal to everybody, but at the same time be honest about what I think and feel about the cigar. And I thought, and for me, this is the hard thing. For, for me, I can tolerate a darker, stronger, complex cigar. Okay. For most people, I don't think they can. You know, so because most cigar smokers tend to go lighter than they go darker. Yeah. Now, but guys who are sold out on the dark side of leaf are sold out on the dark side of leaf, and they All love right. it. They want the small, they want the strength, strength, and everything yeah. else like that. And I, I, I was there at one point. Now I like more medium and light cigars now, yep. but I can do a, a a darker cigar. And so that brought me back to my roots when I smoked the Vision Twenty Two. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is good. This is something that I'm pretty excited about. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Right here, but it's it's really difficult when you do a first time smoke, yes. and then you're doing. I mean, really, what the Vision 2022 is about is the presentation, the box, how yeah. it looks, Every, the band, yeah. everything's the presentation. The cigar is good, um, but that's what I was trying to say at the end of the, in the thing. Is it a hundred dollar cigar? No. Is it a fifty dollar cigar? No. Is it a twenty dollar cigar? Yeah. You know. So I think that's the that that's that's the hard part about being a cigar reviewer is trying to be um, authentic. 
with what you think, but you're also yes. working through what you're tasting as you're tasting it for the first time. And to be, and here's the hard thing that I, that I see with some cigar reviewers that I get really frustrated with. They're so emphatic about what they taste the first time. And I'm like, I don't know that that's the same one. Is so usually if I'm tasting a cigar for the first time, yes. I'm usually doing it for the first time on camera and I possibly had the cigar before. Okay. And I usually say that, like I've had this cigar before, but it's my first smoke on camera and this yeah. is my, this is what I'm getting mm -hmm. out of it and so on and so forth. So I have a video dropping today where I'm doing like cigarillos where nice. I, where I've done like that before. And I want to be, I want to go back and revisit them because it's always important to revisit cigars after you've had something like COVID, after you've been sick, after you've done something else. And so as a result, going back to that and saying, okay, that, that's what's going on. But, but the guy wasn't telling me I was inauthentic. Okay. He was just like, did it seemed like you were confused about the cigar when you started smoking it. Like you weren't sure what you thought. Well, you know, you know so. whenever you're doing a review, everyone, right. until you've actually sat down and done it, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to, <clears throat> you know, every review I did was on something I already had had a dozen times. Oh, okay. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have uh, like the acid Rome. That's got the most views. Okay. The, the acid Rome was was, <clears throat> pardon me, was one of my favorite cigars. Mm -hmm. Now it's in top three, but it's mm -hmm. not number one. Okay. Because my tastes have changed. My palate has changed. Yeah. There's a lot of things. The cool thing, me and my brother, my brother smokes about as much as I do. Okay. The cool thing that we talk about with cigars is. The knowledge that you can keep gaining while you do it. Yeah. It's a lot like going to the gym, okay? Walking mm -hmm. into the humidor for the first time. Okay. You don't, this is the, this is my I've analogy. never heard this and I'm smiling yes. with glee. No. Because it, it seems like an interesting analogy. Keep this going. This is it. All right. So okay. you walk into the gym, you walk into the humidor. You've never lifted anything. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to just put up 200 on the bench. Right. No, you're not. Sure, sure. Because you're a buck 40. You're right. not going to do that. <laughs> okay. You're not. You're now, in junior high, yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how I was in junior high. I was it a fat kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I wasn't, I got big after yeah. I got married. And right, stuff. right, right. I could show you pictures. You'd go, what happened? I'd be like, eh. Uh, age, eh, age. Father age. time is undefeated. Father time is a monster. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. But I like father time because yeah. he takes out the monsters. Yeah, he does. The evil people. They Dude, look to. at you. Man, they you got some wisdom, bro. We're going to get... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into some book stuff, man. Cause, but keep yeah. going, keep going. You said the first time you walk in. So when you go into the humidor, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been in a, a humidor like a, like Total Wine. I've had to go in to get it because I, I ordered and it's not in. Mm -hmm. I got one cigar left in the humidor. So I'll go in and I'll see a young kid coming. He's 22, 24, and he's just, he looks dazed. Right, like The right. first time at a gym. Right, like, right. How do I do the bench? How do I do butterflies? How do mm -hmm. I do the lat pull downs? Mm -hmm. And you, this is your responsibility this is what I'm learning through the ages. Mm -hmm. Take this. This is a nugget, a Tarrant nugget. Okay. Help people. Sure, absolutely. This is it. You can't, we'll get into this with the writing. Okay. But same thing at the gym or the cigar shop. Mm -hmm. Now, he's, he doesn't know what to get. And I'll be like, what are you looking at? Like, what, what, what cigars? And he's like, I'm going golfing with my buddies. I wanted to buy cigars. I don't know. I got, we got a $7 cigar and we got a $24 cigar. I mm -hmm. don't know what to get. Right. And so then I just part my wisdom on mm -hmm. him and I say, well, what what do you like? Do you like a mild cigar? Well, I've only smoked two cigars my entire life. Mm -hmm. Well, let's keep you in the mild zone then. Let's okay. keep you. And that's your job. Same thing at the gym. So, if someone's confused, help them out a little bit. So let me ask you this. So so I'm an experienced cigar smoker and an experienced gym rat. Yes, so you are. I, I've I've done I've been in the gym in a week and a half now because my knee, but I'm, I'm going back to months. I'm going back yeah, I'm going six months, dude. Oh no, it's, it's not crazy. it's Father time, terrible. bro. Father time. Terrible. I just I blame him for half my life. Uh, there's <laughs> there's a, so I go back tomorrow. I go to the first time tomorrow. I'm not working tomorrow, so I'm gonna try it on mm. my knee and I got a cortisone shot in my knee. I feel great. Yes. I wasn't I could literally 
not going anywhere yesterday Skip without crutches. Skip huh? leg day. Why can't you leg? Because I got to get that knee replacement, bro. So, yeah. Just do so, some butterflies. I'm, I'm a, yeah, upper body's going to look great. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm on this stupid <laughs> fasting thing when I'm dying. Uh, I can only eat. Listen, you want to hear this? This you want, this is doctor prescribed yesterday. He's, he's uh, like, he's like got to drop some of the weight, bro, for the, for the surgery. And I'm like, okay, I get you. And it's good. Uh, and I was like, I was like, what do you do? He's like, do you, you got to choose a four-hour window where you can eat. And that's it. So he's got you doing like the fasting. Yeah. So I can't eat. Be- I only eat between six and 10 now every day. And I just started it yesterday. Oh, and I can't tell you, dude, 11 o'clock at night, even after eating three cheeseburgers and having eggs and sausage. At yeah. The, at, just all protein. Yeah. yeah. And, and so for that four hours, that's what I had. I was famished. Yeah. The amount of water that I drank was a gallon of water just, just to, last just night. Just to keep it in Yeah. There. Just last night. Dude, I was peeing like you wouldn't believe. I got up like four <laughs> times last night to get it to go pee. Yeah, it was crazy. And so you guys are out there doing the fasting thing, man. I, I really respect you. I'm, I'm new to that game and in a way that now I'm in this four-hour window. So I can drink coffee. That's it. Yeah, coffee. And I can't, I can't do anything else. So there's no caloric, nothing with calories in it at all. No. You know, during that time. So water and coffee. And so I got It, it does work, though. I, oh, I know. I, I, oh, yeah, did it, yeah. I did it for about 10 weeks. I did the fasting. Mm-hmm. And I was dropping weight. I, did, yeah. I went down I, like 12 pounds. And I, I was eating ice cream at 2 in the afternoon. Because so my window was... Fine. I've been on keto for the last two mm-hmm. months, and uh, I dropped about twenty five pounds in the last nice. two months, which has been good. And so I've got, you know, I've got to be, I, I've got to be. I, I imagine. So my my he was talking about my BMI. Yeah. So my, my BMI is a little high for where he wants me to be. Yeah. And he was like, hey, man, I, I know you're an old ball player. I know you probably like to eat. You're a lineman, <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. But you need yeah. to get you need to get <clears> like <throat> this stuff down. You're in a different stage now in life. And he's yeah. like, and when you lift, you can't lift the same way. You nope. can't do this. And, you know, we're talking bicycles. We're not talking about running, you know, things like yeah. that. And I was like, that's crazy. He's like, just because you have so much up top. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what if I work on my legs? He goes, well, you need to need to do that. Yeah. 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 So. It was really encouraging, though, because he was like, so so I, I told him when I was 20, right before I got married, I dropped 80 pounds in three months. Wow. So it was crazy. Uh, and it was, but that's when you're 20. Yeah. And you could do stuff you super quickly. Oh, it's beautiful. You could, you could <laughs> just eat, I mean, I could just eat lettuce. And, um, how I did it, I ate lettuce and I ate pasta. That's all I ate. Yeah. I ate nothing. And it just worked out like crazy. Yeah. You know, so I had all the energy in the world from the carbs. So now it's a different mindset and everything else like that. And so I'm trying to figure out how to do that. But, but all that said, so, so I'm, I'm a gym guy too. And I, I know my way around a cigar humidor and I own a store. So yeah, yeah. helping people out, like <laughs> to do that. Deal. I've done that. So it, it's, here's what's interesting to me about this. And I wasn't anticipating the conversation going this way, but let's dive into fun. this a little bit. There's let's no have, rules. Right, bro. bro. No rules. No okay. rules. So I have, I, so when I was a young guy, when I was a young buck and you know, <laughs> Um, let's say 23 to 28 was probably my, my absolute physical peak prime. Yes. Um, and I'm talking four, eight forties. I'm talking like 400 on the bench, yeah. uh, squatting significant leg pressing significant. I was, yeah. I had good stats if you would. Yes. Uh, but so in that, in that time frame, uh, when old cats had come to me and show me a new way of doing something, I was super excited about that. I felt yeah. like it was an honor for them to talk to me because these are guys who were like, Ballers at the gym. I'm talking old buff cats. Yeah, I worked out like a pretty pretty Stallones. good. Stallones. Yeah, a, exactly. Act, yeah, they're like they're like 50 years old. They're ripped. They're in good shape. Yeah. They're like, hey, bro, let me show you something like that on your hand placement on the bar. If you do this differently, you're going to work a different muscle. And I was like, thank you so much. Now, yes. today, I don't know how that would be received. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I, I, 
And I've never, uh, I, I, I'm afraid of it because I've seen it happen a couple times in the gym. Who are you where, to tell me how right, to exercise? Right, right, this with is the, my workout. Which, which, which I'm not trying to blast yeah. the younger generation for, but they've got so much TikTok, so much social media, so many things to watch uh, from different people that when somebody just tells them in, in the gym, hey man, this worked for me, it might help you a little bit and save your shoulders and save your legs, save your yeah. back. You know, like when you're deadlifting, there's a certain way to deadlift that you need deadlift with. Um, and if you do it that way, you're going to bust your knees. If you do it this way, it's going to save your knees. Yes. You know, and if you do this way, you're going to, you're going to get this. And, and so, you know, I, I tried it, I think it was probably about two or three years ago, I was in the gym and this kid was just deadlifting wrong. I mean, he was like swinging everything up with his back, yeah. not using his legs. He wasn't pushing yeah. the earth from him. He was just y yanking up the yeah. bar yeah. and he, he was younger. I think I'd say he's probably about 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And I said, Hey young bro, uh, you mind if I <laughs> might tell you something? He's like, he's like, yeah, man, what do you want? And I was like, yo, bro, I, I was yeah, just trying to tell you, you I was just trying to tell you, like, if there's, this might help you a little bit because I see you slinging it. And I said, I said, what do you, I, first I asked him, I said, what, what exercise are you trying to do? And he goes, <laughs> what, what are you well, trying to accomplish? Well, here? that's what I, I did. And he, and he said, because he was making a loud noise too. And I could tell it was upsetting uh. some people. And it wasn't like, I, we all make noise and everything we work out, but it was kind of er erratic and stuff. And the dude was big and everything else like that. You know, I said, hey, can I, can, but his legs were little. I mean, very little legs. And so yeah. I looked like he wanted to bulk on it, but when that was cool, I was like, so what are you trying to do? He's, he's like, uh, I'm doing deadlift. Just like that, like a, like a complete jerk. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, like, I'm bothering him. I'm like, okay, man, I'm just, something that works for me that, that might help <laughs> you. And he's like, and he's like, uh, you're going to tell me how to deadlift. And I was super, wow. super, super wow. frustrated. And I was like, well, I, I just, maybe something to show you. That, that might help you a little bit that really did help me. And he's, he, he looked at me up and down and he was like, helped you. And I'm like, yeah. okay. I'm like, okay, bro, that, that's cool, man. I see, I, you can do your own thing. I'm going to bust yeah. out. So like back in the day, I can see what you're saying, really working in the gym yeah. necessarily. Now, I don't think I would, when I see somebody working out and hurting themselves or doing something like that, yeah. I might say, hey man, this is, here's, here's, here's the proper way to do it. But most of the time, I leave those dudes alone simply because there's so much arrogance. They're just grunting gorillas. Yes. Yeah. They're grunt, well, they're, they're grunting gorillas, and they got so much social media. Like, hey, man, I follow this guy on social media. He shows me how to do After it. After every set, snap. Right, right. God, <laughs> yeah. The amount of guys with their cell phones out in the gym are crazy, you know? <laughs> and, and so it, it's it's kind of a different thing. Yeah, so, I think you're right. You're right. I kind of. Yeah. But now here's the thing. So in, in regards to a humidor... Yes. When a young buck comes in, I think he's more open in the humidor. And I think maybe one of the reasons with us that he's more open is probably also on social media. Yeah. So the social media aspect of it has something to do with the availability or the approachability of somebody else versus maybe when you're in the gym, particularly today, you know, they don't know who you are on social media. Yeah. If I was, if I was, you know, Kenny KO or if I was, you know, Brad, uh, what's Brad's last name? The big guy, the big, big Brad. Mm. Oh God, I forgot his last name. Brad. What is his name? I don't want. To, I don't want to. I don't want to misquote him or anything else like that. Brad, uh, dude, come on, Brad. Brad the body destroyer. He's he's incredible, dude. He's funny too. Uh, Brad, what is his name? I know the shape I'm in now. They would never think that I used to do nosebleeds with one thirty-five, four sets of ten. Oh wow! I used to be a little animal, and then then I got a hernia. <laughs> you oh, know, wow. from doing the nosebleeds. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I was like thirty-seven, and I was. It was eleven o'clock at night. I got out of work at like you know nine. Uh -huh. Went to the gym. I'm laying there. I'm doing my regular workout. This is when Father Time just kicked me right in the groin. You know what I mean? 
and I, I was on my third set. Yes. Loaded, lowered it down to my eyes. Mm-hmm. I was pushing it up, and all I did, Brad, all I did was adjust one of my feet uh-huh. for stability. Yep. And as I moved my foot, I felt a big kabam, like someone stabbed me in the stomach. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? And, and then I just sat up, and I was like, you're in pain, bro. Something's really wrong. Yeah, what happened? So, hernia right oh, here. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, then I realized that you can't uh, be gorilla boy in the gym. Yeah. Uh, at this age. No. And it no. just it changed because I used to tricep. Yeah. I was a. I would do. I would do three sets, fifty dips. I was insane. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, I was doing good. You got the fire plug bill, which is yeah. really easy for that. Well, you know what's yeah. really weird? Biceps. Yeah. My biceps are weak. Well, triceps I mean that's fire. Strong. That's fire. That's fire. That's fire plug, man. You, oh. When you got that, when you got what, what position? What position did you play? Uh, linebacker. Linebacker. Yeah. yeah, you're fire plug, man. Yeah. So, so it, it's it's a it's a when you're that way. So the guy I'm, I'm talking about was was uh, Bradley Martin. Okay. Bradley Martin's a guy. He's, he's got a uh, interesting YouTube channel, funny guy, and uh, but I mean I, when you follow those two guys like Kenny K or Bradley Martin or yeah. you know these other guys working on YouTube or social media stuff. They come up to you and say something that's a completely different thing. But if you're just a normal everyday person trying to be helpful yeah. in the gym, I think it's different. Now, in the cigar world, mm-hmm. I think it has completely changed because yes. people yeah. are like, now people are on YouTube and they see you in a humidor or something like that. And they're like, oh man, I wanted to see what you think about what I want to smoke. Yeah. And people are more open to that. Like young bucks come in all the time and they're like, yeah. hey man, I'm thinking about getting into cigars. I'm, you know, I like this. I like Guinness, I like dark stouts. I like things yeah. like that. I'm like, you might want to try a darker cigar, or maybe a Habano, move into a Maduro, see how, yeah. how it feels for you. You know, um, and then I asked them like, yeah, you drink, do you drink coffee? Do you put cream yeah. and sugar in it and everything else like that? You know, that yeah. kind of helps me focus on them where they're at. So yeah, no, it's 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 an ongoing, growing thing. Me and my brother talk about this. <clears throat> we talk about how you gain knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's like going to the gym. You gain knowledge of the equipment, of the yep. exercises. Same thing with cigars. Mm-hmm. You look at different sizes, different blends. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times I smoke the lighters or like a. Like in Connecticut, a mild medium, because mm-hmm. I want to, to be honest, I want to smoke a couple or two or three. Mm, mm. <laughs> so what I do is like uh, my brother, he'll, he'll do, what is it? That's, what is it? The flathead, the seven, four, seven, seventy. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's a it's dark, a big, it's a beast. It's a big cigar. And he'll, yeah. he'll take that thing. And then he's like, man, I think I'm done. And I'm yeah. on like my second, I'll have a Yeti tracker. Yeah. Then I'll have a nub. Oh and yeah, I'm like yeah. just going crazy with the, oh, yeah. and I love the nub review by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The nub was good because uh, we just you can't beat a nub. You that, can't beat. It, it's the easiest. It's the easiest cigar to smoke in so much that it's manageable in every way, shape, and form in the cigar game. And so the reason that most people don't suggest nubs, I think they're harder to make. Maybe I don't know. I'm not a roller. They're gorgeous, <clears throat> but they are. It's it's really nice, and it it gives you the the appeal. To the old guy with a cigar in his mouth, yeah, just by nature, like everything you've ever seen on film, because he's got <laughs> like the, it's it's he's got kept the cigar already lit halfway yeah. smoked down, you know, so yeah. it's kind of like that. So I saw, I mean, we saw a ton of those little, you know, our, our knockoff nubs, if you will, yeah. the King's Envy, King's Comeback, the yeah. uh, Spice Cream, and then the Whiskey Sunset. Those yeah. are the big ones that we have in, in the nub size, so four yeah. and a half by sixty. Yeah, yeah, it's they're they're phenomenal. I had one uh, two nights ago, and it was just a was it Oliva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just Connecticut. Oh, and that's a great. I cigar. was gonna take a picture of it because, dude, I had the ash down to the like the ribbon there. Oh, did you really? It was that long, and I was like, oh, yeah. I should show it to Brad. And I go, that's the best eh. way to do it. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, it was cold out. I do have yeah. a. I know. I'm gonna tell everybody listening right now. I'm a scatterbrain, mm-hmm. so we're gonna be jumping. You that's gotta, okay. You gotta, you gotta keep okay, up man. with us, man. That's okay. But I do have my brother asked wanted me to ask you this. Sure. 
Now, why is it, and you're going to know because we, we can't figure it out. Why <laughs> is it that some cigars, sometimes you'll go, uh, some, some will go 35 to 40 minutes. Uh-huh. And I don't mean size-wise. It'll be the same size. Sure. Some will go an hour 20. Is it the roll? Is it the way that it's, I, we're talking, it's a little windy out, yeah, I think whatever. A, I think there's several factors. I think, okay. I think there's, there's three main factors when you smoke a cigar on how, okay. how long it lasts. There's All three right. main factors. Right. One, how fast you smoke. Okay. So there's guys that, that hot box a cigar. I'm okay. a hot boxer. So for example, and we're 30 minutes in, I'm, I, I'm not smoking this as much as I would usually if I was just sitting and talking with somebody. Okay. Um, cause I'm, I'm thinking through what I want to talk with you about. Yeah. So, so that's one thing, how fast you smoke a cigar. Then I would say it's, it depends on the cigar itself. Like cigars can vary in the, the amount of tobacco in them. They're not exactly perfect okay. because they're human made. Um, <laughs> so it, it's not exactly perfect, but they're, they're close enough. So, uh, sometimes you might get a cigar and then sometimes it could be just about like the conversation you're having. So you're not, you're not <clears throat> as focused on the cigar as you are the conversation. Okay. And I think it's a good thing. So like, yeah. that's why it can last a little bit longer versus, uh, you know, when you're just focusing on the cigar, you're, you're trying to get through it to get the notes and everything else yes. like that. And you're really focused on the cigar. Not many guys hyper focus on a cigar. Most, most people smoke cigars for the fellowship and for the, for the, yeah, for the, camaraderie. yeah, the camaraderie. So you're not really thinking about the cigar. That's why <laughs> it, versus other times when somebody else is talking, you're probably smoking your cigar a little bit more. Yeah. I'm just, listening to them. You know? It was just, it was like really odd. <clears throat> I had a, I had a Yeti tracker uh-huh. about four or five weeks back and mm-hmm. it went an hour, hour 20, mm-hmm. hour 30. And it was, and I was kind of like, what size was it? I think it was a double Corona. It was the, it was like a bigger ring. Yeah, all all, all the Yetis are bigger rings. So like they're they're it's a fifty four, it's a it's a yeah fifty four, and then a fifty six, and then a sixty. Okay. You know, start with a ring gauge, and then it's a robusto toro gordo, if you would. So okay, could have been a gordo. Could have been a gordo. Yeah, gordos are going to last a little bit longer, anyways, because okay. more tobacco in there. All right. Um, I was just surprised. An hour, yeah. an hour and a half is a good smoke. Oh yeah. And I was, and then uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a nub, just a little nub, and it went an hour ten. And it was kind of chilly outside. And I was like, how in the world does this thing go an hour 10? And uh, you know what I mean? I'm just, we were just trying to figure that out. Because right now my brother's smoking uh, New World. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, he's like, dude, this thing's almost two hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that because you're talking more than I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we, we literally, we talk once or twice a week for two or three hours and catch mm-hmm. up. Because we were in a rock band for like 12 years. We did yeah. all, I, you know what? I, I'm a philanthropist that never made any money. That's what there, it is. There we I've go. done all this stuff. That, that, but, I mean, that's a big crowd, though. There's a lot yeah. of guys have done different stuff and yeah, never made money. Yeah. But it's just funny that uh, he was, that's why he asked. He goes, How come this new world's going two hours? Mm-hmm. He goes, I think it's better. He goes, Now I'm not smoking three cigars. Mm-hmm. One's not going 50 minutes. The next one's going, you know, 45 minutes. And the mm-hmm. last one's going an hour. So he's like, I'm doing one new world and it's going the whole conversation. I think the last thing that actually affects the cigar's burn is uh, probably the uh, wind. And where okay. you're at, and if you're outside, if you're he's, inside he's the lounge, inside, it'll, yeah. yeah. If you're inside in a little bit, it's, it shouldn't affect the burn that much. But if the burn and you're you're hot boxing it and you're having a conversation, it varies on how long a cigar okay. lasts. Your All typical right. robusto is somewhere between thirty and forty five minutes. Yeah, you know, if you smoke it slower, and then the uh, Toro maybe forty five to an hour, Gordo maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, you know, so depending on where it goes. Yeah, because you know, <clears throat> there's nothing. There's nothing worse than having to stop smoking when you're only like halfway through. 
Right, right. And something happens, like your wife opens the door and goes, blah, 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 blah. And you're right, like, right, oh, right. what? Because that's how everyone's wife sounds. Blah, 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 blah. And now we're both, smoke, now we're both sleeping on the couch yeah. tonight. There we go. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Oh. So so let's let's transition real quick. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into writing? How did you get into storytelling? And how did you get into screenwriting in, in particular? Tell me about that. So with the writing side, like ever since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. I wanted to write. And I, you know when you're in elementary school and you'd write a short story? You're like, write a short story about Halloween. Sure, sure, sure. And you got to write two pages. Yeah. And so then I was like, all right. And so then I realized how much I love to tell stories. Okay. So when I was in elementary school, I started... You know, you're playing with your Star Wars toys. You know, you're growing up with the Transformers, good guys, bad guys. Back in the yeah, day, yeah, bro. Back in the, back in the Gen day. Gen X is the best. Absolutely. Gen X, we've. It's up to us to save America. I hate to say it. It is. But Gen X, sorry guys. We're, we're Every millennial that hears this is yeah, gonna get offended, but I that's got true. Some news for you. Yeah. My daughter's like a millennial, and when I, I'm just like it's just. It's 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 the. Well, how old your how old your daughter? She's sixteen. Oh, she's Gen Z. Oh, she's, she's beyond millennial help. Oh yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, it's she's just over. She, it is over. Dude. I this, watched. Yeah, she. Uh, I got I'm, three. I got two teenagers at home, so I understand. Yeah, you're all, done. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, I get you're it. not gonna win. Yeah. No matter what you do, oh, one yeah. minute, one minute, she'll be crying emotionally about something <laughs> like I can't write and then the next because we almost didn't come out here. Yeah. Because uh, we have uh, several dogs. Uh-huh. And they got in a fight uh-huh. about five hours. Her boyfriend came over, was petting one of them. One of her little Boston Terriers jumped up. Uh-huh. The other Boston Terrier jumped up. They started brawling oh, wow. like pit bulls. Yeah. And then my daughter grabbed one and she got bit on her. You know, it, it, was, I, a, it was a little skirmish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I get you. I get and you. And then she just broke down. She was like, God, God. and I'm like, throw dirt on it. Like, if I my was. Oh, my gosh, dude. Are you serious? Dude, I'm going to tell you something. We had. My wife ordered more gauze today to be delivered from Walgreens to the resort to re. I'm like, dude, Everybody, put a Band-Aid on that thing. Just, and let's just keep so moving. you know, this just, is where every uh, every Gen Z and millennial checks out of the podcast. They're like, we're insensitive, you know, cis white males, you know, or something no, like that. Whatever you want no. to call it. So, like, as a result of that, they're all you're already triggered. You're already getting the email. Just go ahead and send it to yes, yeah, send it cut to light, Mark. Cut light, cut light, smoke podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Tell me how offended you are so that I can hit the delete button yeah. as soon as I can. Yeah. Um, but it's I'm just playing. It's but I, I understand what you're talking about. But there, yeah, there is that like, you know, I mean, you see YouTube videos about it all the time, and and TikToks of people just you know, Gen's, Gen 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 X hitting a wall. Oh. When that get there, you know, gen, yeah, yeah. millennials hitting a wall. Oh, they, ow, ow. <laughs> and then Gen Z hitting a wall. They oh, fall down. Gosh, they lay down. down. They just lay there. And they got to post it on social media so everyone feel sorry for them. I yeah. fell down. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. get up. Right, right. What are you gonna um, do when you got to go to work fifty hours a week? You got to work. You got. Yeah, you got to <laughs> work, dude. Gotta, I, I got a bum knee. I should be walking I on. I yeah, see, I got to do it. Yeah. around here. Exactly. If dude. you if you were of a different generation, it's weird. You. It's weird. Speak the truth, bro. Go ahead. Do, get no, on, give you me your thoughts. Been, yeah. You would have been wrapped up and had ice on it, and you would have called me and said, sorry, I'm not going to be able to do a podcast today. My knees are And I wanted to, I want to done live. I hate lives. I, that's why yeah. I don't do them. I hate lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I think it's such production on a live. I just think it is. But, you know, but you, so, so you do that, right? You do that, and then you do, uh, <laughs> then you do. Uh, you know, alive so everyone can feel bad about you. Give lots of hearts so that your yeah. your knee feels better and everything like that. I so saw, I, I put saw. one thing. I put one thing. I felt bad about this, but I was in the I, just the other day. I was in the uh, the um, oh shoot, the uh, what's it called? 
I was in the oh, I was in the lounge and I had my knee up. Uh, my buddy was here. And I was icing it. He's like, that's a great chat for your social media. And I said, I said, no, nah, I don't want anyone feeling sorry for me. I'm, I did this to myself. He's like, well, I'll put it up there. And I said, give a shot of it and so on and so forth. And I do appreciate the prayers and everything like that. Yeah, I really, I, I appreciate good. that, yeah. which is fine. But I'm not sitting up there like, you know, give me attention for my wound. You know, it's just a weird thing. So uh, I do think that's different in the generations. I definitely do. I don't know where we went wrong. Um, but I, did, I, didn't, I didn't protect my kids. Our parents I was, were tough. Yeah, they my dude. Seriously, dude, you are, I can top your crap right now. Uh, Go ahead. You're Boston, dude. So, my, so I was raised by a, uh, a Marine Corps medic. So ah, he was crap. You got he, me. I forgot Vietnam. about your old man. Dad forgot was, about your yeah. old man. My dad was not. Uh, this is what my. Got me. So when I wake up my son in the morning for something like that, I'm usually like, "Hey, kid, time to get up, boy. Let's go. Let's get going." He's usually that pretty good. I'm, he's yeah, really yeah. he's really good about that. My dad, mm. my dad's banged on the door. It is six fifty six. You're already <laughs> late. Let's go. I mean, he would get he would get me up, and yeah. so like I had I had to set an alarm just to stave off my father's <laughs> wrath. Wrath. Uh, it was so crazy. Um, and so much is like he had no sympathy. No, I remember. Gosh, what did I do? Uh, it, it, my dad was really good though. Like my my dad, he was a hard guy. He was yeah. very very hard. Um, but he loved super, you. Yeah, There's but, a but difference. super. He was all about me being super responsible. Mm-hmm. All about me taking ownership. All about yep. everything. You bar. You bar the car. You bring it back. Wash, waxed, and filled. I yeah. mean, it was crazy. Yeah, so, it's like, pretty crazy. That's uh, exactly what he did every time. Mm-hmm. So you go out, borrow my car. You got to do this. Well, one day I borrowed his car to go play basketball when I was 16, 17, 16. This is gonna be good. And uh, I swore <laughs> there were some lights on the road coming at me, and it was rainy. Uh, but I, I was going too fast around a curb and I went into a ditch. Dad, Ooh. dad had the car two weeks, uh, oh, yeah. and yeah, brand new car in the ditch. And, uh, I went to a farmhouse. I had to crawl this ditch in my car. I had to go to this har- farmhouse and say, uh, and call my dad. Oy. And my dad was very clear. He goes, he goes, first off, son, I just want to make sure you're okay. Yep. I'm like, yeah, dad, I'm all right. He says, anything broke, anything hurt? Do you need to call an ambulance? I mean, no, no, dad, I'm okay. I'm just scared. He goes, you're scared. <laughs> that's what you are is you're scared you just wrecked my brand new car and you're scared you better be scared you better yeah be scared. and i'm like i'm like oh my gosh it's coming but i gotta yeah. tell you the rest of the story this is crazy because the next day i had a, i had a, a plan to go with a bunch of buddies down to um uh the inner city of cincinnati and watch mm-hmm. the harlem glow drivers yeah. coming to town yeah and so we had tickets for it and i was 16 years old and i had my car i didn't wreck my dad's car yet and so uh it got towed to the shop that we had in uh, in loveland ohio where i'm from yeah from and what ended up happening is I'm I'm sitting there and uh, and my dad I'm, I'm getting up and I'm just assuming I'm not going to see the globe towers because you know I have to go I have to drive yeah. pick up my cousins and some other friends and then go down there and my dad says uh, I get up in the morning I'm eating some food and he says hey uh, you got that globe tower tower thing today right you guys are going down to the arena and I said yeah. well not not now dad I just got a car wreck and he goes why. Yeah you got to get back you, you got to get back on the horse bud you got to get back on the horse yeah and I'm like no. Dad, I'm I'm really afraid to drive because no, this is when you have to drive. This yeah. is when you have to face your fear, son. You have to get back in. It probably won't happen again. And it was raining outside and you were going too fast mm-hmm. and it was my car. But yep. you have to get back up. You have to get I mean, that was the next morning. Yeah. You know, that it happened. It happened late at night too. So I'll never forget that. And he goes, You get back in the car and you drive. 
Go yeah. right, and if you if you drive around around the neighborhood a little bit, go ahead and yeah, do that. Get but you get up. back, get back in the get the car and get back on the horse. Yeah. It was the best thing my father ever forced me to do. Yeah, and so I've learned that I've learned I took that lesson and applied it to every failure I've ever had in life. Mm-hmm. Any any little minor failure to a major failure. All right, I fell off. I got to get back get up back and do up. something else. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's just part of things. And those little bitty lessons. Yes. Um, from a dad in the house, mm-hmm. actively available to the kids are so desperately important for the future of growing up young men. And so when my son would uh, fail at something or do something like that, I would tell him the same thing. I'm like, okay, man, uh, get get back up and do it again. Because I remember that lesson from my father. And I think one of the reasons that we, we, you know, we joke about it, but it really is kind of tragic that we have, um, the generation so separated by their ability to to take pain and to yeah. respond to the pain in life and physical or whatever else uh, is simply because we as dads, yeah. uh, and I say this to men in general, um, we've been afraid to discipline our kids because society yeah. out there today yeah, and they freak everything out. else like that. But I'm telling you, if you want to grow a young man right and, and young ladies right, to be honest with you, you do have to like be a disciplinary and yes. be, and be a comforter. I mean, it's it's simultaneous. Like it's I would, hard. I would spank my kids, yep. and then I would hold them, tell them I love them, explain yep. to them what they did was wrong, and that daddy still values you. Yep. There's no shame, but you cannot do this because these are the repercussions of your choices. You know, and I think that's something that my dad did very very well with me. Uh, that helped that helped me recognize in life you can do right and wrong things. If you're going to do yeah. the wrong thing, it's going to be repercussions. You better be willing to. Yeah, you know, own up to it. So yep. I think that's one of the things. I mean, to put in light of all the funny stuff we're talking about with you know the, the generations, I think that's where we as men, yeah. you know, uh, went wrong in particular. So it's 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 hard too because I grew up with two brothers. We okay. grew up three boys in the house. You oh, know, my wow. mom okay. stayed home. Okay, my dad, uh, he's an elder, uh, Church of Christ right now. But okay. we grew up in the church. Okay, and this this is what I thought. I, I, I forgot he was a Marine, so I couldn't. Okay, tell yeah, yeah. My dad, when we were young. Uh, he got, I can't remember the verse. It's like Joshua 10 something. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That yeah. One? or Yeah. And he put it on the belt. Or be strong, be strong and cor- courageous. Well, it was Which something about uh, sparing the rod. Well, oh, it was sparing a, the rod for the child. Anyway, he put that on his belt. <laughs> like we got it. <laughs> That's a good and dad. We named the, we named the belt Joshua because it had said <laughs> Joshua. And we knew we were going to get Joshua later because yeah, we were fighting. And <laughs> yeah, and he. That is great. It's, I don't know if he still has it, but yeah, Joshua. Because we were boys. We fought all right. the time. Oh, yeah, dude. As and, you do. Uh, yeah. But Joshua, he'd come out, and it was like, uh, it was so funny because the, the belt last, had a name. That's the belt so had great. a name, and it was it was uh he got it at like a flea market, uh-huh. you know, where they can put a name on it. Right, right, right. So right. he bought this new belt, and he put Joshua, and I can't remember what what the verse was. Wow. It was it was something about it's probably me and my you know we'll follow the Lord, but it was on the belt, so we who, named who the cares, belt man? Joshua. It's Joshua, bro. And the yeah. last this is what's great. So Joshua did a lot of things in the Bible that <laughs> were hardcore, and he's yeah. kind of a badass. Yeah. So I mean, like so it worked. as a yeah. result, you don't want to so, you don't want to piss off Joshua. You know, yeah. yeah. So we would now the last time that I got Joshua was I was like fifteen. Oh and yeah, this dude. Is, this Up is your what 15? happened. Yeah. yeah, dude. So I'm fifteen, and my. You don't know this until you have kids of your own. Okay. But they, they, you literally leave your crap everywhere. Yeah. Sneakers. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. All right. So <clears throat> my parents were like, you know, you left your sneakers in the living room again, your socks, you know, whatever. I'm leaving my crap. I just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like 15, right? This is so messed up. So I go into the living room and my dad's like, 
he's he's looking around like I've got like a bowl of cereal, you know, like I just right. I'm oh, being a typical thing. teenager. I, exactly, yeah, yeah, I get you. And so he's like, "How many times?" And so he he take Joshua comes out like a whip, like in Zorro, <laughs> like like, <laughs> and he takes it and he grabs me and he starts wailing on me. Yeah, right? dude. And he's like, "How many?" And then he's hitting me. And I look over my shoulder and I go, will you stop that? Because he spanked us so much it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. So he's hitting me. And he looked at Joshua and he goes, well, I guess this ain't going to work. And he looks at me and goes, you're grounded for two weeks. <laughs> and I was like, well, so that was the last time I saw Josh. It didn't matter. Right, right, right. Because you're older and you're getting more muscular. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, even if he gives you three whacks on your butt, you my, don't feel it at my, 15. My dad used to always say, boy, you'll never get bigger than a two by four. That's what he said. <laughs> No, he never, he never hit me with anything. No, like that. no, but it was, it was just one of those fun things. And he always used to tell me like this too, because I, I, I got, I mean, my freshman year to my yeah. junior in particular, I, I grew massively in, in body mass. Yeah. In particular, I think, I think, uh, like an example, my freshman year of high school, I couldn't bench press one forty five. Yeah. My se- my junior year, I broke the bench press record at three seventy five. Good night. Yeah. So it was a big difference. You know, obviously, I gained a lot of muscle and stuff. Uh, and so my dad would always tell me. Uh, and never get bigger by a two by four. And then he always said, you know, one of these days, boy, especially when I was being really bad or I did something yeah. stupid, we're going to go out in the backyard and you and I are going to have at it. And yeah. you will not win no matter how yeah, big you are. You cannot yeah. beat the old man. No, no. It's, even it's, even today. Right. I just mean, just because not, he's your dad, man. He's, your, yeah. he's He's got the dad strength. Guess, he's got, yeah. Yeah, he's got that. And not only that, he's not, he is not going to show you mercy oh, until yeah. you have nothing left. Yeah, my dad. My dad is a, a combat veteran. He was a, he was a medic in the Marine Corps. He dealt with seen blood. It. He's seen yeah. everything. He's killed people. I mean, it, it's it's just a reality of what he's seen. So not only do I have a tremendous amount of respect for my father, I think that the the craziness of what he's seen and how I've seen him respond to situations yeah. that um, I would be terrified in, mm-hmm. particularly as a child. Uh, I, I'd say as a teenager, he had a particular situation that he, I can't give the details of it or anything like that, yeah. but. He was in a really bad neighborhood. His car broke down. It was gang infested and mm-hmm. people were coming over to him mm. and asking, and he went ballistic on everybody. Yeah. He was well, like, you get the, have. yeah, yeah you great. have to, he went nuts. He went, he went hardcore. You, you have to. And, uh, and he, and he came back and he got back and the car was all fixed and everything. And he said, let me tell you about the story, boy. And I'm, he told me the story. I'm like, oh my gosh, dad. And he's, I'm like, what'd you think? He's like, at that point when you're in prison and you're the new guy, you better make sure you find yeah. the biggest guy and hit him in the face. And he, yeah, he said, that's my only, my only result. You know, I'm just glad I didn't have guns. Yeah. You know, so it was, yeah. and this is back in you know, gosh, yeah, the 80s or 90s. So, yeah. um, but so, I mean, it, it, it is interesting in the, in the generations like that. So let, let, let's go back onto it. So yeah, how sorry. did you get, so the story, <laughs> so the, the story, how did you get back? How'd you get into so authorship? Yeah, yeah. What happened was uh, when I got into college, mm-hmm. uh, I'd written a couple of short stories and, uh, you know, my wife, I got married young at like 21. We got Same here, yeah. same here, same time. So um, my wife's like, if you're really going to, what happened was I wrote something. I left mm-hmm. it open on the computer. Yeah. And my wife read it and she cried. And she, oh, goes, wow. she goes, you need to write. She goes, you have a gift. Because I didn't have any. We're talking no help, no yeah. education on this. Yeah. This is just me putting the, setting the scenes and putting in the, you know what I mean, just so writing. There's, there's two ways you can look at that, like when I hear that. There's two ways you can look at that. One way is she's being really nice because she's your wife and, yeah. and she knows you. But the second thing is that nobody knows you like your wife. And my wife, if I tried to produce something that was piss poor, yeah. always tells me it's piss poor. Yeah. You know, so if my wife sees a video that I did and she doesn't like it, she goes, you could have done a much better job yeah. on that. Yeah. Never <laughs> lies to me about my performance. She yeah. just doesn't. Yeah. So that's, that's important. So go ahead. So what happened was she said, basically, she's like, you should take a couple classes. 
it's like Conan. You gotta you gotta get the steel sword. You gotta writing a book is like making a sword, and you've gotta keep hitting that and hitting it and getting it stronger and stronger. And so she said you should take a couple of writing courses. Okay. So I did. I took a couple of writing courses. Uh, learned a little bit more about writing. Went to uh, you know ACU in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, Christian. yeah. So yeah. I went to a- ACU for a year. That's where I met mm-hmm. my wife. And at ACU, this is a big eye opener because I'm failing every class because I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. Whatever. Okay. And except in English, and I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna do great in English. I'm right. gonna do great because right, I'm right. a writer. Yeah. I'm, I'm 19. I'm 20. I'm like I'm gonna be a great writer. I can do this. So I take English. I'm failing every assignment because I'm writing. What do you call? What do you call those things? Uh, they're just essays. Okay. No creative writing. This is essays about Cambodia. A book. Mm-hmm. Every you read a chapter, then you write an essay about Cambodia. Okay. I'm I'm getting D's and F's. I'm you know this is down to ACU. Okay. And then at the end of the semester, so uh, I fail English comp. Like I fail it. Wow. So the next semester I take it again, and it's same thing essays, and I'm getting D's and D's, and then finally at the very end. At the very end, she goes, all right, I want you guys to write whatever you want to write. It can be as long as you want, you can write it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to write this. So I wrote a story about an astronaut in space being left. It's called Black Roses. Mm-hmm. And they find his body. It's a setup. They, mm-hmm. they go, you're going to go fix a weather satellite. They go up there. He puts the chips in and they're like, he's on his way back. His fuel gauge isn't working. And the shuttle's getting farther and farther away. And they're like, we're sorry, dude. You just made it a war satellite and we have to have no connection to it. So we have to kind of leave you here. And so <laughs> he gets left out to die in the suit, drifting in space. Wow. And they find his body like 30 years later. His son finds his body because they're like, we got something up floating around up here. They bring it in. And then, of course, you know, it's like a Stephen King thing. He comes back from the dead and he kills the admiral that left him in space. You know, it's like a weird Stephen King. Anyway, so I wrote that. It's called Black Roses. It was like 22 pages. Okay. I hand it in to the teacher. You know, it's nice. I get that thing back. It has A pluses. And she write, she's like, you need to focus on doing this. This is what you were made to do. Or, you know, this is what you oh, okay. So I went from a D average and I got this A plus because she said, write what you write. Okay. And then I was like, boom. So then after college, I started writing, took a couple of screenwriting. It's guys, if you're going to write, it's, you need to, no matter how good you are, because every every writer does this, it's like ego. Like oh, I'm gonna write this book, and I'm right. no, dude. You take classes, polish the sword, learn how to fold the mm-hmm. the weapon, be on that thing, and get better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I just did that, and then I started. Uh, and what happens is it's discouraging because then you send your work out. This is in the late '90s, early sure, 2000s. Sure, sure. Send your work out. Rejection letter. Rejection letter. Like there was a couple people that. That were very helpful. That's the thing. You you don't know in the writing world who's going to help you and who's not. Okay. Uh, some people are going to, uh, I'm sure it's the same <clears> thing <throat> in the cigar industry. You could look forward to meeting a guy that's in the industry mm-hmm. and think he's, you know, everything you've read about him, he's a cool guy, everything's great. And then he just snubs you or treats you weird. You're like, what was that all about? I have a story about that when you want to hear it. Yeah. And then, or you run into a guy, that guy would never talk to me. All of a sudden, all of a sudden he's talking to you for an hour and you get more information about cigars than you ever knew. That's how I got to sit down with the guy who wrote Rambo. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to have lunch with him about eight years ago. Wow. We were at a, a writing convention. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here in, uh, what's his name? David, I forgot his last name now. But anyway, mm-hmm. he did a talk. 
I didn't think in a million years I'd be sitting at the table with this mm-hmm. guy. And it was just me and him eating ham and cheese sandwiches yeah. and chips. And he's talking about writing. And I was like, I'll never get this experience again. Right. And right. it's just, it's, it's the, uh, this is what I tell people about writing, film, movies, creativity. Don't do it to get the attention or get, uh, you're writing for you. Remember that all the time. Yes. You're writing for you. You got to love what you're doing. You got to love what you're doing, but yep. also uh, it enjoy. Has to, it has to appeal. It yeah. has to yeah. appeal and enjoy the journey. You might only sell 30 copies of a book, mm-hmm. but you might sit down with the lady who wrote uh, Harry Potter someday. Sure. You don't know. It, you know, it's it's interesting because I want to I want to circle back to something you said about meeting somebody and your expectations of them and then not excited to meet you or anything else. Yeah. I don't know who you are or anything like that, which is fine. Uh, and then meeting somebody <laughs> that you didn't really expect to meet, but gives you incredible yeah. information. I have two experiences like that. Once I got a chance to meet the guy in cigar aficionado at a trade show. Mm-hmm. And this is when we were up and coming in YouTube on the old channel. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was really cool. And it was back in 2016. And uh, I ran into him. I'm like, Hey, just so you know, man, you're one of the reasons I went into YouTube. And at the time we had, we'd been growing faster than any cigar yeah we're going crazy and uh he just he just looked at me like he had no idea who i was and mm. i'm like he i know he knows who i am because i talked to him on the phone beforehand yeah you know and i was I like that's that. weird that was really weird i was really frustrated about that but another guy that i met that i didn't anticipate i didn't like to be quite honest with you he's kind of cocky and arrogant and uh but you know he believes in what he believes in the sense of like his cigars are the best cigars he makes and it was Steve Saka mm-hmm. from from uh, D- Dunbarton Tobacco mm-hmm. i really respected him and the business advice that he gave me was just stellar yeah. it was really cool and i was like this is one of the best things in the and he actually turned out to be a really great guy so yeah. as a result of that like it's one of those things that you're like okay that you're right the guy's been in the, and i think i think that's one of the things that happens to people when you get big in your genre yes. is that you get big and then people want to talk to you about different things and you're like well I don't know, you know, and you're, and you're thinking like, and, and what's hard is that, you know, if I had a dime for every YouTuber to ask me, how do I start a YouTube channel? I would, I would be you, rich you man. I really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like if in, in the sense of like, how do I create content? I still don't know how I create content. I still yeah. don't have a plan. I just get on, I, I, nothing is scripted. I get on and I talk about yeah. something and that's all I do. So like, it's not something. So part of that's gifting. Part yeah. of, part of it is just simply like, I enjoy talking to people. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and in that regard, it ends up going very, very, very well. Yeah. But if it, if it didn't, I think you would see people not tuning in, not doing that views dropping off and everything else like that outside yeah. the shadow banning of YouTube on cigar channels all over the place, you yeah, know? So, is, yeah. you know, which is just YouTube's, you know, yeah, we know about it. YouTube, their, 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 their <laughs> yeah. agenda to yeah, we, yeah. destroy the American life. Anyways, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, we didn't say that. FBI. Yeah, yeah. So black van yes. outside. There's four black vans out front. I'm, I'm sure there is. Like, yeah. They're coming for me one day. <laughs> one day. Just, they, they, they think I'm a, yeah, you're a think, horrible, you know, person, a horrible person because, because yeah. I, I'm traditional in some some yeah, so, sense of the, sense of the so deal. So horrible. Yeah. I know. Mm. So let let me ask you this. So you've you've written some books. Mm-hmm. You've I brought written? I brought a couple here for you and JB. Okay, I appreciate that. So. Tell me tell me your favorite favorite piece of literature that you've written that you're very proud of. Uh, right now my my newest book that I put out. I unfortunately I didn't have any left, so I didn't bring you that one. That's okay. Uh, it's called uh, Follow the Bloody Brick Road. Flow, that's that's a good and title, what, dude. I flipped. I took all the. Uh, I took the Wizard of Oz and I flipped it, where 
Dorothy is very capable of doing things. Like, okay. And she's got a Rottweiler named Conan. And when she gets to this world, uh-huh. I mean, uh, the Tin Man's got more heart. Achilles Swift X. Okay. He's got more heart than anyone on the planet. Okay. The Scarecrow is a genius. Okay. And then the uh, lion is a gladiator. He's not afraid of anything. Dude, this is a great so, idea. Yeah, it's a yeah. cool. It's a cool book because and they all three of them, they hate each other because they lost the war. Okay. Of the uh, forest of the damned. Okay. Cuz the witch made it rain and so okay. all the iron soldiers rusted. Okay. And he blames the scarecrow cuz he was the scare man. The witch uh-huh. turned him into a straw. Oh, okay. So he hates the scarecrow. Okay. And then the lion and his legions of lion men, they didn't show up for battle because they're like, eh, who cares? If Let's let them wear down the witch's army of living dead. And then if they attack the island of the lion, they have islands, and there's these huge, they're just huge lion men. Uh-huh. Oh, we'll finish off whatever's left. But they didn't show up for the battle. So- they all three hate each other because they lost the whole world, right, fell into right, chaos. Right, 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 right. And then Dorothy shows up. She rescues the, the uh, like, you know how they rescued the, the scarecrow? Uh-huh. She rescues him because he says, only I can get you home. I need my book to whip the spell up to get you home. And so she rescues him from the dwarves. I have their dwarves. They're not little midgets or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so as she's traveling with him, I, I use the same thing. Like, they go, they find Achilles. They've made him, he's a statue. He looks like a statue because he's like a Terminator. He's like 12 feet tall. Sure. Made out of iron. But okay. he's rusted. And okay. they left him in the forest of the dam. They put him on a concrete slab. They chained him down and they left him there with just enough power because he's supposed to have the spark. He was, uh, what do you call Because they made these, the, the men made robots to okay. fight the witch. Okay. And Achilles was made to win the battle. And he had... Nobody knows this, but he's got a spark, almost like a soul. Okay. The rest of them were just amabatron, you know, robots. Okay. But Achilles has got the soul. That's crazy. And so they left him alive with just enough power. So when he powers on and looks, he sees all his comrades dead and the bones of the dwarves and the humans. So they torture. That, like whenever he opens his eyes, uh-huh. he's surrounded by his failure. So Dorothy sees him. She's like, there's some weird statue up there. And he's like, no, no, don't go up there. She goes up there with WD-40, starts spraying him off, and he breaks free, and he's like, and he grabs a wizard. It's a really, I'll, when I get it, I'll mail it to you. So what's the name? It's called the Follow the Bloody Brick Road? Bloody Brick, yeah, Follow okay. the Bloody Brick Road. And they can find it on Amazon? Road. They can find it anywhere else? Yeah, it's else? on Amazon. Okay. It's on my website. Okay. And she's basically got to get these three characters. They all have to arc and change. They got to work together to kill this witch. Okay. And it's just a cool, and they need an element not of the world, which is gunpowder. Okay. And Dorothy's got a shotgun. So you can kind of tell where this okay. is going. Right on. But it's just, it's, it's a cool book. And I wrote it. This is, this is another thing about writing, guys. Don't rush it. Just let it simmer sometimes. Mm-hmm. I wrote it in 99. Okay. Okay. I didn't put it out until uh, last year. Oh, wow. Because I wrote it in 99. I was afraid mm-hmm. of copyright law. Everything's changed now. Right. Everything's it has. changed. It has, yeah. And so, Parity law and everything er, makes you do everything done. else. Yep. And I, I never call her Dorothy from, uh, with, there's no mention of the word Oz in the book. Mm-hmm. It's just familiar enough to keep to it call moving. call it Zoo. Yeah, it's Zoo. I flip, <laughs> flip it. Flip it, Zoo. Yeah, yeah. it's Zoo. Or Zoe, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's very interesting because I wrote it. And then when I had to re-edit it, I'm like, she doesn't even have a cell phone. So I had to go back because this is 99. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, so now the cell phone is a big part of it because the witch, she sees this girl with a cell phone. And she's like, what's your magic mirror telling you? Oh, wow. Now, there's no cell service. 
Right. But it's still got apps on it. Right. It still takes pictures. Sure. So at the I'm not going to say what happens. Don't it's tell me. Yeah, because I want to read it's it. It's just yeah, hilarious that the, uh, but I had to add all that in. So if you're okay. working on a story, and this happens all the time, if you're, I mean, you want to get it done, you want to get it written. Yeah. But sometimes if you step away for a month or a week, mm-hmm. you'll have something in your life. Uh, you'll have a waitress say a line and you're like, holy crap, I could use that line. I got to go put that back in the book. Like, it's good to have a deadline, mm-hmm. but you'd be amazed. It's kind of like you ever heat up lasagna the next day. It's, yep. it's pretty darn good. It's really good. <laughs> but uh, that's the way it is with books. Especially writing. since I can't eat till six. Thanks. Yeah, I'm sorry. Appreciate that. I'll get you another coffee. <laughs> get another coffee. Put extra sugar in it. To right, keep you right. Going. But uh, yeah, you, you, you need to not be in a rush to get it done. Um, because I really, uh, when I, when I got the book edited, the guy who edited the book said, are you, what are you going to do with this? Who are you going to send it to? And she, he said, he said, you need to send this to the bigger publishers. This is that good. And I was like, whoa, really? Cause I was thinking, you know, I'd, I'd self publish it or I'd use Amazon. Yeah. And right now it is on Amazon. I just mm. went that route, but that's because, uh, like anything else, you have to know the, the, the gatekeepers. Yeah. You can. Oh, uh, I know that's true. Gatekeepers. Yeah. Gatekeepers are the worst for creative people. They can really, yes. they can hurt or help. Uh, it's just, it's. Well, it's, 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 I would say it's, it's gatekeepers and then playing their game. Mm-hmm. And so when I meet gatekeepers um, and they're like, dude, we can do this with you. You can do that and mm-hmm. everything else like that. And been offered other roles to do other things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I want to play by my own rules. I don't want to follow yeah. yours. And so that ends up becoming, you know, a, a weird conversation in that. So, well, th- this is this is fascinating. We're we're kind of at an hour right now, so we kind of want to we, we kind of want to bring it back to a to a head and kind of and kind of close out. But tell them where they they can find your stuff. You can find it on Amazon. Yeah, you can go to Amazon and just put in Mark Tarrant. Okay. And I have. A, how do you spell that? Tell everybody how to spell it. It's M A R K, T A R R A N T. Okay, Mark and, Tarrant on on Amazon yep. and follow the Bloody Brick Road. Yep. Okay. Okay. And you can also find my. My other book at Four Horsemen Publishing, because I just picked up a publisher, okay. which is, that's the dream of all writers. You find a publisher and they look at your right. work. But you can go to Four Horsemen or fourhorsemanpublishing.com okay. and you can find another one of my books. But okay. most of my stuff's on Amazon. There's about okay. five or six different titles. And you have your own website, so tell them yeah, about that. Uh, MarkTarrant.com. I've got videos of things I've shot, edited, uh TV shows that we tried to do. Uh-huh. I'm like you. I try things. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. do. I, I yeah. We we shot two fat guys looking for a UFO. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, was that brilliant? That's funny. Think uh, ancient aliens meets diners, drive-ins, and dives. Oh, that's kind of cool. We shot it, and yeah, we went to Roswell. But me and my buddy Joe, we written books together, screenplays together. Uh-huh. We've shot a couple of pilots. We're supposed to shoot a movie in January for okay. a kids' movie. Okay. Zoe okay. saves Christmas. Yeah. We couldn't do it this year. We don't have any snow. Uh huh. So the executive, the producers said, "Why don't we wait and try to shoot it January, February? Okay. For next Christmas. All right. Because you need snow. We had a snowball fight. Sure. It's a long story, but anyway, yeah. So MarkTarrant.com will have links to everything, uh-huh. or just go to Amazon and type in Mark Tarrant. You'll see all my books, everything there. If you're listening to this on Podbean, I'll make sure I put all the links in, in the description as well so you can see that. Uh, as well, you can also stream this anywhere as you're streaming it right now, or the Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, everywhere else like that. I want to thank my guest, Mark Tarrant, for being here today. It has been absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't I can't believe all the information that we've talked about. It's so great. So thanks so much for being my guest here today, Mark. Yeah, I really great. do appreciate it. Uh, what, how's the cigar finishing for you? It's going great. Going I've, great? Yeah, I've got... 
I don't know how much time I got, yeah, yeah. but it's still going. <laughs> it's a very, I've been wanting to try this for weeks, so this is great. Okay, okay. Well, guys, that's been the Cut Light and Smoke, Cut Light and Smoke podcast uh, presented by ZealCigars.com, places you can find the two cigars that we're smoking here today. And as always, we are out of here like last year. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. <laughs>